Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. On a recent trip to Southern California, I had the opportunity to sit down with Ross Blatcher of the podcast Oh No, Ross and Carrie. We talked about how the podcast came to be and some of his favorite episodes. Okay, uh, so uh, this is Jess from The Friendly Atheist. I'm here with Ross Blatcher. Um, Hello. Hi. Uh, So we're here in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, because I'm here on a weird trip. And Ross deemed to hang out with us, so uh, thank you for joining us, first of all. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks Um, for having me, and welcome to Southern California. Thank you. It's warm. Yes. And not Chicago. This is as cold as it gets here. I'm going to live here forever. I love it. Um, So so I'm a huge fan of your podcast, so I would really love to hear the genesis of it. Like, how did you and Carrie start it? Yeah, so our show is Oh No, Ross and Carrie, Uh and uh, we invest... (laughs) If I was a good host, I would have led with that. (laughs) We we investigate uh, fringe science. Oh my goodness. I did, a, I did a whole printout of, like, all the things we've done because I was going to use it as a reference, and, of course, I left it's it. Fine. Whatever. It's I, I will try to remember everything I've done in the show. I'm a professional, so I really wish you were also a professional. <laughs> right? That would help. <laughs> One of us should be. Uh, so, um, yeah, both Carrie and I uh, met each other at uh, the Center for Inquiry Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and I had found that from listening to podcasts. I remember hearing about it on Point of Inquiry. Um, I had already been part of the Skeptic Society. And so I met her at CFI, and we would be going to lectures together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we got to know each other best at the book club meeting. I'm still part of the book club there. Uh, and, you know, we'd kind of get each other's references where other people didn't. Yeah. And we're like, hey, fellow young people. Because it was still a time in, uh, I think, skepticism, atheism, where... Old white guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, fair, familiar. I'm familiar. Fair amount of that. And I like old white guys, and someday I will be one, too. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, it was just, you know, we, we kind of hit it off on certain cultural things. And then what really started the podcast is that uh, one time, I think it was Carrie who'd found out about this Kabbalah meeting going on mm-hmm. at the Kabbalah Center. And, you know, you could go learn what your uh, what the importance was of the moon rising over Taurus or whatever it sure. was. Who doesn't know that, though? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so she said, does anyone want to go to this? And I said, oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. It, that's how I got into this whole skepticism thing because uh, I was interested in people who disagreed with me, uh, even when I was a Christian. So uh, I thought, oh, this will be great fun. And so uh, we went to that, but no one else wanted to go. And when we got back, they were immediately besetting us with all these questions. Oh, well, what did they say? And did you ask them to blah, blah, blah? And so we tell them all these stories and we're thinking like, okay, well, what's wrong with you? You wanted to know this, but you didn't want to come along. Right. And then, you know, that's when the little light bulb shoots up. And I remember Carrie at one point saying like, hey, you know what, this actually could make a show. And I said, I've been thinking about that too. And already at the time, there was such a preponderance of shows on skepticism, atheism, secularism. I'm familiar. Yes. I'm a part of that. That's right. Yeah, we know that intimately. <laughs> and so that, that was a hesitation, which was just, you know, do sure. we need another one? I already listened to a bunch of them. It has to be something new. 
And so I think what was uh, unique about our approach in investigating fringe science, paranormals, mm-hmm. supernatural, is that we would do it firsthand. We'd go in there ourselves, and as the tagline says, so you don't have to. That's so. So most recently, or the most recent episode I've heard, I'm sure you're doing other stuff. Are mm-hmm. you struggling with that water bottle? I'm just trying to do it quietly and oh, slowly. No, well, we we let off that one. Um, so most recently, you went to see the Long Island Medium, whose yeah. name is Teresa Caputo. Caputo and her hair. Yeah. Well, it's hard not to see her hair. It's. So I feel like. So I've listened. I've listened to your whole podcast. I feel like that was one of the first times that you seemed like. <laughs> well, I got mad. Yeah, you were not. Yeah, it's funny. I had a few friends who listened to my show for the first time when they saw her come up as a topic. A and thing they've heard of. Like, I guess I'll get on right. this. Right. And, yeah, and they were saying, oh, I thought there were fair criticisms and blah, blah, blah. And I was kind of relieved by that because I thought that was really the time where I'd been the most um, assertive in saying, you know, she is preying on people. Yeah. Like, she's a shitty human, and we need to bring that to people's attention. Yeah, for anyone who's not familiar with Teresa Caputo, she uh, is on TLC. She has a a TV show where she, um, you know, just approaches people in supermarkets and wherever. Yeah, is that the conceit of her show? She just, like, walks around to people? Yeah, in odd locations. Uh And, and, you know, then she's not what you would expect from the stereotypical psychic. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she's not wearing... The you know the deep makeup with the the shawl or anything like that. <laughs> Lack of shawls. Yeah, she is this Long Island woman uh, with you know very loud voice. Anyway, she um, <laughs> she'll come by and all of a sudden she's communicating with your dead relatives. And so we got to see her do her shtick kind mm-hmm. of firsthand. And yeah, it, it was awful because well, one thing that she was doing uh, that will immediately buttress my position is telling. Uh, victim or the families of victims of suicide, yeah. people who'd killed themselves, that their loved one did not kill him or herself. You know, we didn't mention on the show, but there was one guy and uh, he had shot himself, and she said, "But I feel it wasn't like it wasn't a clean shot, like you know." Oh. In the so they're describing, yeah, that's true. It, it kind of you know so went off center. Yeah, the trajectory oh, of the bullet. And she's saying, "Yeah, because I feel like he was just cleaning it." I think no, no one cleans their gun and shoots themselves through the head. I mean, or at least that has to be incredibly rare. Um, I, I should be careful what I say. There well, might no, be but listening. regardless, she doesn't know. No, right. Regardless of whether oh, yeah. like that, statistically, is likely. <laughs> what a horrible thing to say. She doesn't know. And and it turned out with one family. Oh yeah, it was a hanging someone who'd hung themselves, and uh, she was saying that. Uh, or hanged to themselves, so I guess it's always hanged with the I literally human. thought that, I was like, how shitty would it be for to, to correct his grammar? And so I didn't. Oh, okay, no, no, <laughs> correct really my grammar. grammar at any time, and I'll try to jump in and correct my grammar, too. Um, but she was telling uh, that family as well that, yeah. you know, this man had not meant to hang himself. He had thoughts at the last minute and, uh, you know, slipped or something. And they were going to his memorial the next day. That's sick. So it was... That's sick stuff. Super recent. Well, I think the one that sort of got under my skin the most was somebody about, like, somebody had cancer, they died of cancer, and she was like, there's no cancer in your genes. Oh, yeah, she was telling a daughter whose mother had died of breast cancer, oh, but I don't sense it in you, you're fine, you don't need to worry about it. She she actually told her, like, you don't need to get the checkups. And (laughs) we wanted to go down and just smack So I feel like it's justifiable at some point to say, like, oh, your loved one didn't mean to commit suicide like fine like yeah that's for shit but like hmm. arguably it could give peace of mind to the survivors but when you're like yeah. don't worry you'll never get cancer bye like that's 
Yeah, and that that's not her decision to make about, you know... Right. That, how people are going to come to closure mm-hmm. or deal with their grief. But, you know, as we argued, I, I think making people think that their loved one is still there floating around them, right, right. even changing their opinion on certain things over time, mm-hmm. uh, just doesn't strike me as... Um, yeah, ethical. Yeah. <laughs> to say the very least. Yeah, so usually we, we take a very kind of cool um, observer standpoint. You do. I'll give you, the, like, you certainly seem to go up and be like, well, you know, whatever. Like, we're not here to, I mean, obviously you're here to some extent to judge them, but mm-hmm. you're not trying to call somebody out right away. But yeah. And we didn't there, you know, we didn't get up and yell at her or anything like that. Which would have been satisfying. <laughs> sure, for us maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your, do you have a favorite thing that you did episode you recorded mm. you know it always comes back to the mormons they were really such a important part of that our was a fascinating thing and for for listeners who haven't listened to their podcast which i would certainly recommend Thank you. um you guys went through and were baptized into the mormon church yes <laughs> which is bonkers that is a lot to delve into yeah um yeah, we, we went through, you know, six months. It wasn't every single day, but sure. pretty regular. Six months of uh, meeting with our missionaries. And it was enough times and over enough time that the a, the young elders would be swapped out. And so we'd have, you know, kind of these new recruits coming in every now and then. And they'd bring in backup because we were asking tough questions. And, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, we got more and more uh, inculcated into the Mormon religion. And then were uh, baptized, like you say, wore the white jumpsuits and everything. Because even though we were voicing our concerns, they were really assuring us, no, I, you know, I think it will really help to go through that baptismal yeah. experience. You'll Wait, feel the Heavenly think, Father. Oh, they, they thought that you would feel it. Yeah, that that would help really clinch it. The yeah. white jumpsuit would, like, totally <laughs> bring in. Right, well, and they all had these kind of personal stories of how this was such a huge moment for them uh-huh. when they were baptized. So they were hoping the same for us. And it, it's a tricky line that we uh, walk because we pay, you know, I, I'd like to think it's not lip service. You know, we honestly believe that uh, if... If something convinced us, or mm-hmm. if the Heavenly Father did speak to us, well, then we'd just become a Mormon podcast, yeah. you know, and talk about that all the time. Uh, and <laughs> that would be a, a right turn for your podcast. Sure, I'd be I'd be cool with that if that's where the evidence led me. You sure, know, the evidence was Heavenly Father speaking to me. So, on one hand, I was totally open to that being true, uh, but at the same time, I wasn't expecting it to be. Yeah, and and I didn't have that feeling, and we had to be honest with them about that. So it was a little awkward. Well, and that was. One of two times that you had people find, kind of find you out, so to speak, that they... Oh, boy. Yeah, now, actually, it's been quite a few times. Because the Mormons found out about our investigation, and we told them we'd done it for a podcast, and they listened to it. Mm-hmm. And actually, we got a lot of feedback. Uh, and we heard through channels that uh, the church didn't find it anti-Mormon. Well, I think that... I mean, I think that's fair, that... It was that, and what was the other one with the battery mountain? Oh climbing? yeah, uh, the Ethereus Society. <laughs> that is the most notorious example of <laughs> them finding out. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, it's hard to. I, I kind of feel like that doing this. That you know, I, I meet people who find out that I do this podcast, and like, I feel like I stand by anything I say. Like, I don't think I necessarily trash people. I, oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I, and I feel like you can say the same thing that mm-hmm. like you don't come on like looking to bag on people. You're just coming to have the experience and be very honest about what you felt. Right. Which isn't necessarily... I don't know. It's tricky, but... Certainly that's our aim, and 
But it's uh, hard when you're faced with that, with like the yeah, person you're because, talking about. Yeah, you're talking to a different audience, and and even though you're you're behind what you say, mm-hmm. if you were talking to them face to face, it would be a different conversation. Of course, it would. Different starting point, mm-hmm. you know, and you'd try to find common ground, work your way. Mm-hmm. And with our listeners, generally, we're kind of at a different different starting point. So you assume your listeners are yeah like minded. So the Ethereum Society, uh, a small group of uh, UFO. Uh, believers, uh, they believe that this English gentleman was channeling um, masters from... Very charming English gentleman. From other... Oh, yes. From... <laughs> uh, yes, uh, absolutely. Apparently. I guess you have to be. Uh, from other planets. And so, you know, it's, it sounds pretty wild on the face of it. and mm-hmm. They're used to hearing that. Uh, but yeah, we reported on our interactions with them. They knew about it immediately. They'd already looked our names up and found us out. And we tend to use our real names in, in sure. almost all of our investigations. Do you know how they got kind of Turn on the fact that you were probably from something else. Like, do you know what prompted them to? Because I, I, I signed up for the newsletter and um, you know to become a friend of the Ethereum Society, and uh-huh. so that included my real email and address. They just, like, Googled, yeah, and they Googled. And like, oh, Googled us both right away, and like, oh, they do a show, and they tell us that they didn't think that we were doing a show on them, but clearly they were checking to <laughs> see if we were. So. Um, Make of that what you will, uh, but yeah, their reaction was very negative, and mm-hmm. and then we invited them on the show, and they took us up on the offer, which was fascinating. It was quite a conversation. Yeah, it was interesting. And you know, it, I thought it was great. The, we got all kinds of reactions to that show, which is good. People mm-hmm. are talking. Uh, totally different for our show because it was this interview with the people we'd investigated, and they were really defending their point of view. And it was interesting to hear the arguments they use. Mm-hmm. And I think. You know, they they made our point for us, I think. Sure. If you had to go back and do it again, would you have done anything differently in terms of how you reported on them? Yeah, and uh, I remember in that episode, Carrie had kind of uh, said we could have handled our first episode better. And, and I agree if we did it differently, or again, rather, we might do it a little differently. Like, do you think you would have tried to take them more seriously or, like, been less lighthearted about yeah, well, them? Yeah, I mean, we, we don't... I mean, we don't spend too much time looking at the words we're saying and kind of analyzing them on the spot. But no, it's I, a conversation. But I think generally, yeah, it really is. I think generally our uh, humor hopefully comes from the situations we find ourselves in. Yeah. And in just the things that humans do, the variety of human experience, of religious experience, um, or alternative medicine experience, or whatever it is we're mm-hmm. testing out. And, and we try not to make it at the expense of the people. Now, if it's someone who we feel is like a, a deliberate... Uh, so it seems like you... <laughs> I'm trying to choose my words carefully. Someone like <laughs> Teresa Caputo, you know, we will take to task a little so more. So there's a difference between the person who's leading a lot of people on, in your mm-hmm. opinion, and the people who are being led on. Right. So in the Ethereum Society episode, we really took George King to task. Sure. He was the founder of that religion, right. and he's now deceased, and, um, you know, we felt that he was fair game. Mm-hmm. But we, we tried to be respe- respectful to the mm-hmm. you know, people themselves. Yeah, I don't... You know, and and that's easy to do because we really did respect them. They were smart, nice people. Well, because it's so much easier to say, like, all of those Mormons are all like this instead of, like, this person I'm talking to every week or every month right. is like this. And we've run into some some rude people, some jerks, like mm-hmm. uh, the 9-11 truthers. We didn't like them <laughs> as a group. I mean, <laughs> and that's hard to say. Obviously, you know, you can have nice conversations within that. But as a whole, that group was just kind of abrasive and mean. Yeah. That was the one... For some reason, what I remember from that episode, it was 
somebody was trying to like uh, refresh their menu and they were doing it wrong and it was I don't know if it was your character but it was just like he was just fucking driving me crazy he was doing it wrong it was making me nuts it was probably me yeah because you know I, I use computers a lot and mm-hmm. it was yeah it was some sort of really wasteful use of computer <laughs> their time and I was like I could fix this for you but uh, I'll just stay here do you have anything that you really want to investigate but you either don't have the funds or don't have the time to commit to it uh, well everybody always asks us about Scientology they want us to do a Scientology episode we want to do a Scientology episode. Well, you're in the right part of the country for oh, it, because I've seen... We're in the perfect part of the country for it. If yeah, it, like, literally down the block. We can go now. Yeah. I mean, if you're free. We we just started an investigation this past Sunday, actually, and it was right next door to, like, the major Scientology building. Uh-huh. Um, and I've gone to a lot of Scientology events, and so has Carrie. Uh, independently, we've been to various things. For the podcast, or just, like, just in your life? Because that's the kind of people we are. Yeah, it, way before we'd even thought of the podcast, I'd already gone to the, you know, author really? services and international building and with the a Ron- specific goal or you're just like I want to see what these people are up uh, to. They put on a performance a few times I've been there and one time I, I uh, finagled this fun behind the scenes tour of like their vault like where they show you how they preserve where they, where they have their stacks of gold yeah well they they show you like how they preserve l ron hubbard's uh recordings on nickel plated discs i was hoping you were gonna say body and i was so excited for a second oh that would have been fantastic yeah uh no i don't believe that's the case that would make a great story um, <laughs> but yeah like these nickel plated um audio um like records know, yeah records yeah um they have like this thin metal foil on top of them so you peel them back like you know like uh, one of those cans that has like the I'm trying to like think like sardine of, can? yeah something Am like I, that is this the 1940s why did I say sardine can? <laughs> <laughs> no that's a that's a very good analogy uh, and then they have like these um, uh, turntables that you can put the records on and play them back and they're yeah <laughs> right and they're hand cranked and solar powered you know because they're supposed to last for tens of thousands of years oh, that's how we do all these podcasts and survive post apocalypse oh good you're going to burn yeah, it under- yeah absolutely oh, it's nobody, expensive but it's worth it <laughs> nobody wants to lose this conversation <laughs> God forbid so, uh, so yeah we'd already been to a number of Scientology events but yeah we want to actually try to work our way up the bridge and we should do it before they have photos of us posting Posted, you know, at every Scientology yeah. center, where they're like, "You guys are not allowed." So um, I don't know. Again, that's one that would like double down on donations. It would take a lot of money. Yeah, but also if we try to do like fundraising, we can't like name. Hey, we're, of course, we're doing a Scientology fundraiser Oof. because then everybody, well, then word will get out. Yeah, I mean, have you ever been able to do that? Like, we want to do X, Y, Z, but we need more money to do it. Well, that's the first example that comes to mind. Yeah, there's other things that are really expensive. Excuse me. That we've passed up um, that we would love to do just because there were thousands of dollars and, you know, our like budget what? is kind of limited. Um, well, actually, I could say one that... No, I can't say one that we did do. Car, uh, Carrie would get mad at me. Um, it's fine, Carrie. We're cool. There's a follow-up to one of our previous episodes. Oh. The Exorcism one that involved a lot of money and that's still in progress. So we have... We have paid for some big ticket items. Yeah. Uh, but there's other ones that, you know, would either involve travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we usually we just stick to Southern California unless we happen to be traveling for other reasons. Sure. Um, and, yeah, sometimes, like, it'll just be a course where, oh, this is $3,000. And I'm like, mm, sorry. <laughs> well, there's other things we can do. Was it you who did the Bigfoot one? Yeah, I went to the Bigfoot Discovery Museum. That was Northwest? My hometown, Santa Cruz, California. Santa, Santa Cruz? Uh-huh. I don't... <sighs> Have you ever, like, gone out and you're like, what if I actually see a Bigfoot? What would I actually do right oh, now? Oh, I think about that all the time. I would love it. I would chase after him. 
Or her. Or her. <laughs> Thank you for being gender specific. Yes. <laughs> Trying to be inclusive here. Yeah, we of all that. of all Bigfoot. That's feet. great. <laughs> so, so you said Mormon one is your favorite, but like, what about the one-off ones that you did, like the psychic or palm reading things like that? Did mm-hmm. you had, did you ever have a moment there, like? Wait, I don't know. This person might be... Have you ever had, like, a oh, yeah. close moment? Oh, let me think. It seems like we've mentioned that before, where we've had maybe a psychic who was pretty perceptive. Pretty and might be our, you know, uh, white dove. Yeah. Uh, proverbial. Oh, wait, you know what? If you think something, let me know. But okay. you said you have done cold readings before for people? Yeah. Do you have a background in that? No, it's just when I got into... Well, I mean, what what constitutes a background in cold reading? One I have done ask. it before, I yeah, guess. Sure. This is a background. So, um, yeah, it was always something I was interested within skepticism, mm-hmm. just when I learned those kind of Barnum statements. And sure. so I... It's like having magic tricks handy. You know, you want to be able to do it as just kind of a party trick. <laughs> and so I'd memorize some of those generic things that you can say to a person. Oh, like, sure. it, it, this is getting harder in the digital age, but still, I sense that you have a, a box of photos somewhere that you haven't organized. Oh my God, I do. Yeah? It's in our, yeah, we have, well, Mikey and, and I have a. And of course, I need to command that. Yes, you do. Of course, I do. And. Uh, it's my storage unit. And then, you know, you can add something on top of that. And Teresa Computer's really. There are really, embarrassing pictures like, in there. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, she missed an opportunity with this one woman where the, the her daughter had passed away and she had the phone uh, of the the dead of the daughter. daughter. And. And I would have totally thrown in there, uh, you know, oh, and there were some things in there that you saw that she was really hoping you wouldn't or she's embarrassed about. She could have said that, and that would have been a great hit. So tell me why you're not hitting the road as a psychic (laughs) and making Teresa Caputo money and having Teresa Caputo hair. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I might still go for the Teresa Caputo hair. Listen. Uh... Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel any draw to that. Like that. But would... do you ever think of that, like, as somebody who's a notable skeptic in, mm-hmm. in, in certain circles? Don't you ever think, like, listen, if all someone is like, oh, I found Jesus, guys, I found him, man, I'm gonna write a book and I'm gonna go on tour, you could make a million dollars. I'll, I'll be honest. That that idea has passed through my head. Not as like, oh, I should do this. This should be the plan for my life. But just like, wow, think think how much they would they embrace you. I mean, that's what happens with you know other. Um, people who have left a- atheism. I, I don't know if it's a good example, but Anthony Flew. Anthony Flew, when mm-hmm. he, uh, you know, renounces atheism, that's a whole long story. Um, then immediately, you know, the Christian's like, oh, this is great. And then yeah. you sell lots of books and get speaking engagements. So, yeah, that would be a good way to retire. Well, you have the one atheist who became a Christian and then the bajillion Christians who became atheists. Sure. They don't get book deals. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Maybe we should give them book yeah. deals. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of books floating around. Right. But, uh, well, what's your background? I probably should have blend with this. Oh, yeah. If well, I'm um, definitely a product of Christian culture, mm-hmm. was raised. Um, I, I never would have claimed any particular denomination. I would have said, oh, I'm just a Bible believing Christian. But uh, did you, you but grew up going to a it, church? In retrospect, now I can say I was raised in the Assemblies of God mm-hmm. Church, which is very evangelical, Pentecostal, all about being filled with the Holy Speaking Spirit. Speaking in tongues? Yeah. Oh, did yeah. you? Only once. Yeah. And? This is a great story. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> This is wild. I was, I want to say, uh, 12, 11, something like that. I'd have to Prime look. speaking in tongues age. Yeah, totally. And it was this summer Christian camp. And oh if you've God. ever seen the film Jesus Camp. Yes. It was that. Horrifying. Totally, it was that. And so I remember, uh, for example, just to set the stage here, it was in Chico, California. We drove up for the weekend. 
and uh, you know my whole church at the time was involved but my mom was there my sister was there and uh, like for example there was this speaker who had told us about how uh, dangerous Hollywood media was and so sure. he called out certain films and kind of shamed anyone in the audience who'd watched Silence of the Lambs and I remember <laughs> when we got home Wait, why Silence of the Lambs? Well, because it's horrible and dark and you as know, opposed to the rest of the Hollywood yeah like the movies. kind of things that you're filling yourself with these you know evil spirits really was kind of the uh, yeah. implication there so when we got home my mom threw out my VHS copy of Aladdin I was so mad about that because he, he played one clip from the film where the Sultan comes out and says, praise Allah. And that was, you know, enough to indict it. You know, oh, you shouldn't have this in your house. So, yeah, I lost. Thank, thankfully, I'd already memorized all the songs. Too late. Uh, gotcha, Bob. Yeah, right? Uh, take that. Uh, but, okay, so anyway, so shoot forward to one of these praise sessions they would bring in this group, and there's now a few of them who do this, but this was a group called Radical Reality, and um, they were led by... Yeah, right? Uh, Donnie Moore, he was the, uh, I guess, chaplain of the Oakland A's or something like that, at least that's what he said. And uh, they would do these feats of strength, and so they'd rip up telephone books. It's a festivist thing. Yeah. I think you're confused. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, this is uh, Christianity for the rest of us. Um, <laughs> it's a, they'd, they'd, like, roll up frying pans... And they they would set up these giant, like, stacks of bricks, and then they would make a really important point of saying, like, okay, well, the, you know, there's ten bricks here, but... This is the Jesus you know, stack. You could... It's not like you just break three of them and the rest of them break. Look, you can break five, and then it stops right there. You need strength. And so, you know, they show you Jesus, you know, can make you buff like them. And... Okay, so... So... Yeah, I, I guess that. Well, that's the implication, you know. That's like the the ads making you think. Oh, if I smoke these cigarettes, you know, women will hang out with me. Oh yeah, that happened to me. All the attractive ones. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so the the leader of this uh, Donnie Moore, after they'd um, demonstrated their their Christ given powers, they had us all come up. They did an altar call. Come up if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, yeah. I mean, I was really ardent Christian. This was a serious moment for me. So I rushed forward with, I, I want to say, like a hundred other people. And Jesus. And Jesus, sure. He was there, of course, right. And so we were all gathered together and, like, everyone's lifting their hands and, uh, you know, singing God. And some people are just, like, immediately going into speaking tongues. And it's it's hard for me. It's just not coming to me. And I'm kind of trying. And so they're telling us, well, find a phrase and repeat it over and over. So I'm saying, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you. It's like one of my investigations, but back when I was still actually believing this. And so um, I kept doing that for a long time and still wasn't working. I remember just kind of out of the corner of my eye kind of seeing there were maybe six other people still standing than four or whatever. And, okay, don't focus on that. Just focus on, on Jesus. And and uh, and so finally, Donnie Moore came by, big bulky guy, and uh, he was going to help out whoever was having problems with this. And so he came by and he pushed me on the forehead, yeah, with the palm of his hand, pushed me backward, and people were there ready to catch me. They caught me and I started speaking in tongues. Trust fall. I was just, yeah, it was a trust fall, and I was just babbling and... Uh, it was a euphoric experience. You yeah. Know? It was, a, you know, it was a hot room, I think, and I'd been repeating this mantra, and I was lightheaded, and I was speaking in tongues. It was crazy. That's the only time I've done it. Like, do you feel, I don't know, do you feel betrayed by that experience, or do you think it was sincere? I do, and, and I can see why people would feel like, oh, this is a real deal. Uh -huh. um, and so I, I think it's, 
you know, a real phenomenon that you mm-hmm. can kind of trigger. It's, you know, it's nonsense, too. Yeah. People have tried to examine glossolalia and find, like, sure. syntax or shared and, patterns. And it turns out it's gibberish and almost never a real language. Exactly, people yeah. people tend to Right, it's just people kind of mimicking what they think a, mm-hmm. a foreign language should sound like or whatever comes naturally from Did you have lips. something specific that uh, made you lose your faith? Um, yeah, well, it took a while. Uh, so, yeah, shoot forward to uh, college I was... Um, studying animation, so I wasn't really in... Christian animation. But. Christian animation, that's right. So I wasn't like in a lot of science classes. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any math classes. I'd skipped all those you know, prerequisites. I was a literature major. I didn't... I don't know math. Yeah, so I could have escaped unscathed. Uh, I was leading the Bible study group at the time. Really? Uh, oh, so you're way into college. Yeah, so this is... yeah. Um, this is a maybe like third year college, and so I'm the president of Living in God's Hands today. Sure, light, Who was clever, that? light, and um, <laughs> so I'm I'm leading you know prayer at the flagpole meetings and you know regular Bible studies, and so um, what started me was that uh, one of my professors, Dr. Pack, uh, was my botany and earth science teacher. He had. Um, you didn't take math, but you took earth science. Yeah, it was... You earth, thought that'd be more... E- ecology, it was something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I can't even remember. Environmental studies, that was it. Now I remember. And and bo- uh, botany from him as a teacher. And he had given us, as extra credit, you could go to these lectures and just kind of provide a written summary. Mm-hmm. And I had the highest grade in the class. Whoa, yes. that's how you got a podcast. But but I thought, well, this sounds really interesting. And it was just random topics like, you know, what's at the edge of the universe? Or, you know, the decline of the Y chromosome. I was like, I want to know about this stuff. So I was going to these lectures, and I went to every single one. This was the Skeptic Society, uh, Michael Shermer's outfit in uh, Pasadena, here in beautiful Pasadena. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I got started. And um, so I went there for a year and a half, and I had my arms folded and you know, any time someone would say something kind of derogatory towards Christianity or something about evolution, because I was I was a creationist, I would be muttered. Yeah, you're a creationist. I was. You're yeah. like full fledged. I yeah, I was yeah, I was taught from a Bob Jones University textbook Woof. in high school. <laughs> yeah, right. God. And I remember having debates with friends like in uh, college, and I'd been taught all these ways to argue against evolution. So yeah, anyway, so I sat there, but. Uh, I kept going back uh, for a year and a half, and I was reading all these books, and uh, eventually I just realized, wait a second, I really do honor truth, and Mm -hmm. that's uh, important to me. Can I even evaluate the truth of God? And so, yeah, I had to have this protracted conversation in my head. Did you have a moment, or was it sort of like... I had a moment. Yeah? Yeah, I was driving... Was it hard? It was hard. It was really hard. Uh, And I was... I was bummed out, like, because oh, yeah. I wanted God to be real, and I was constantly talking to him, and, and uh, finally, I was driving home one weekend up back to Northern California, and I was like, I'm just, I'm going to get to the bottom of this, I'm going to figure it out. So, I'm driving by myself in the truck, and I'm having this conversation with God, saying, uh, you know, I, I want to know you if you're real, but mm-hmm. you know I need more, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, this is over the course of many hours, but essentially, I'm going to try looking at the world this way. And, um, you know, just be honest about, about these feelings. And I remember getting out of my truck at, to fill up with gas at one point, And, like, it was a physical sensation. Like, all of a sudden, the sky just felt, like, thin. Like, it was this cosmic perspective of, you know, you always hear, like, the thickness of the atmosphere is, like, you know, yeah. the width of an eggshell proportionally. And I was like, oh, crap, it's just space up there. That's all there is. And I felt like I was going to fall off the planet or something. Ugh. And it was this almost sinking feeling in my stomach. 
Uh, but then there ever afterward, it was a really liberating feeling. And I won't say I never looked back in that, you know, I'm still part of, I'm actually still part of the Christian community I was with at the time. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I run their, uh, I help, you know, administer their website and podcasts and stuff like that. And <laughs> Do they know you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm, they're cool with it? Yeah, I'm just the village atheist and they're cool with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, they're great, great people. It's a Presbyterian church. But uh, anyways, yeah, so I, well, I retain those roots and mm-hmm. I still read Christian books and listen to a lot of Christian music. Uh, and I, I kind of keep my ties there and very culturally have uh, that influence still. Um, I just stopped believing, haven't gone back. Well, it's so interesting because there's a lot of talks about why religion is important. A lot of it has to do with with the culture of it or the community of it. And you have managed to hold on to those ties without the kind of like bullshit that goes with it. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and that was important for me to not throw the baby out with the bathwater. I remember, sure. I remember saying that phrase at the at the time, and I didn't want those friendships with people at the church to be contingent on just this one thing, mm-hmm. you know, that we disagreed on because we had so much else in common. Sure. So yeah, I've still maintained those friendships okay. and try to. Do you have any thoughts about the thing that's kind of getting bigger of like the Sunday meetups or like the Sunday oh Sunday assembly Sunday assembly type yeah. thing. Um, I've definitely been going to the one here in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah? Actually hosted and co-hosted three of them. Oh, we should go. I'm going to be here on Sunday. Oh, are you? Oh, cool. No, we're not going to be here on Sunday. When are we leaving? Oh, we're leaving Sunday morning. Oh. I could have been there yesterday. Bummer. That's too bad. Well, Well, they only do it once a month, so Mm. it's only this coming Sunday. But yeah, my buddy uh, Brian Keith Dalton will be co-hosting this week. And uh, um, yeah, we've co-hosted in the past. And it's fun. I I think it's a good idea. The tricky thing for me is that my Sundays get pretty busy just with the podcast. Usually there's something going on that we sure. want to do. Um, and then, you know, theoretically I could be going to my uh, church. I haven't done that in a while. Or I could be going to a, you know, a CFI lecture. There's uh-huh. so many things competing for my time on Sunday. So it's always a difficult day because I have to choose between three or four things I could do. Yeah. That's interesting. And I, I know you have a, a son. Mm-hmm. Is he? I don't know uh, how your wife believes. Do you, are you? And obviously, if you don't want to talk about, it, you don't have to. But like, are you giving him access to religion? Or are you trying to like sort of push him towards science? Like, what do you? What's your philosophy on? Mm. Well, I lucked out in that uh, my wife came over, you know, with me to um, uh, the, the disbelief side, mm-hmm. and it didn't take that long. We just kind of talked about it, and you know, she wasn't that. You know, gung ho to begin with. Sure. I always wanted her to be a more ardent Christian, and then she <laughs> kind of came over to my side. And wait, so you? I'm sorry, um, you started dating or were together when you were still Christian? Yeah, we're high school sweethearts. So, uh, yeah, we were already married, and our son was, um, you know, maybe three by the time I like officially said, "Really, I don't believe anymore." Oh, that's kind of an interesting yeah. thing. And she like swung back with you. Yeah. So midstream, I had to kind of reevaluate my parenting strategy, and I remember thinking, you know. There was like this Christian song that was popular at the time. I'd hear it on K-Love Radio, you know. You know, I want to be just like you because he wants to be just like me. And, you no, know, can you please keep singing forever? Help me be a holy example for his innocent eyes to see. Help me be a living Bible, Lord, that my little boy can see or read. Yeah. 
Uh, no, I, I love that song. There you go. Okay. So, uh, you know, that, that was kind of my parenting philosophy up to that point. So I had to replace all you those want, things. You want to be a Bible? He can read. Now, or see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One or the other. And And uh, so, um, you know, we, we've just kind of figured it out as we went along. But we're just honest with him. Sure. And, and so we talk about it a fair amount because I'm always looking into these things. So I tell him about what I'm looking into. We try to let him know about Christianity. We let uh, his grandparents take him to church. I used to take him to church with me, actually. Oh, really? Even after I became an atheist. And uh, then I started asking him when he got old enough, like, hey, do you want to go? Mm-hmm. And he would say, no. He'd rather, like, stay and watch cartoons or well, play video games. Smart kid. Right. So, um, yeah, if anything, we kind of wish he had a better understanding of the Bible. Because I think that'll pay off in life anyway. Yeah. And so I'm always trying to, like, communicate these lessons. And, yeah, he and I mm-hmm. will read the Bible sometimes together or... Um, you know, like we read the whole Noah account, and then we went to watch the movie together, and we talked about it afterwards. So. With the Noah, the most recent Noah. Movie? Yeah, yeah, the Darren Aronofsky one. Did he like that movie? Because I hated it. Oh yeah, I, I had really mixed feelings about it. I think they should have called it Noah and the partial <laughs> Noah and the partial birth abortion. That would have been a great <laughs> title for it. it we, uh, my my fiance and I went to see it, and I. I went to see it, like, with the intention of, like, listen, clearly I don't believe this is based on a true story, but, like, it's kind of an interesting... Yeah, sure. It's a mythology, just I like anything else. I hated that movie so Really? Much. It was 18 hours long. <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't... Well, I, I was upset because... I can't imagine, like, a kid liking it, because... He, he was he was interested, I think, especially just to see the comparisons with what we just read, because obviously so much is expanded upon, like, you know, Tubal came stowing himself away on the boat. And uh-huh. I'm giving stuff away. Sorry. Uh, spoilers. spoilers. Spoiler alert. And, um, we'll do spoilers. The, the Nephilim, you know, were um, these big rock, the rock creatures. People. I'm like, no, they were supposed to be giant. It was the second Lord of the Rings movie. I've seen that movie. Yeah. It's a better movie. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, no, my, my overall impression was, eh, Yeah. There are things I liked about it. And no, I wasn't crazy about it. Okay. Well, let's see where we are How in we time. Uh, third, well, went super long. Okay. Um, so, so thank you so much for joining us. This is a lot of fun. Um, we can find your podcast uh, on Ross and Carrie. Yeah, at MaximumFun.org. Right. And, and and then look for us there. And on, on Rack, what's your website? Oh, and then you can go to uh, Facebook.com yes. forward slash on Rack. Okay. That's a good community where we post pictures and interact with everybody. It's fun. I absolutely recommend People listen to uh, Under Ross and Carrie after they've listened to all of the backlog of the Friendly Atheist podcast. Um, Ross, thank you so much for coming. Uh, this is a blast. You're welcome. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. The music was composed by Brad Chagdis. If you like what you're hearing, please consider making a contribution at patreon.com slash hemant. That's He-Man T. We appreciate your support. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Hemant Mehta. And I'm Jessica Blumke. We hope you'll join us next time.